The best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. They don't look like the All Blacks. They're not playing like the All Blacks. They're barely clinging on. They never really looked like they would win Test 2 or 3. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Delighted to say we're joined on the line now by Liverpool broadcaster Gareth Roberts. Gareth, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, lads. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed, I have to say. That's how I'm feeling. Is the disappointment from the result exclusively or are there aspects of the performance that are kind of making it a bit worse? Uh, yeah, both really. I mean, to start the season with only two points out of six, uh, with Man United, of, uh, sorry, Man City, of course, having a flawless start, which they always seem to have, it, that's disappointing. I think we all were thinking it was going to be a out the traps kind of season after what what happened last season. Uh, obviously, we won the two cups, but disappointed not to get one of the big ones. And you kind of thought, well, bit between the teeth, here we go. Um, I think the injuries have obviously influenced the situation. Ten players not available uh, last night. But yeah, it's just not quite there at the moment for me. It's not quite clicking and that's a little bit of a concern. Um, you know, Nunes, I'm sure we're going to come on to talk about him and his, his daft actions last night. But, you know, he scored a couple of goals for us, but it, you, you can tell he's new to the side and you can tell his teammates are still struggling really for an understanding. I'm sure that'll come as the season goes on, but... You know, I'm looking at it currently and saying, well, you know, Mo Salah looks a bit blunted at the moment for some reason, uh, albeit he looks creative, but he doesn't look like he's going to score. And obviously we want him in situations where he will score. Obviously we're missing Sadio Mane. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a concern. I do think it's going to get a lot, a lot, lot better when, when players come back. And I think we saw that last night. As soon as you see Joe Gomez and Henderson on the pitch, Liverpool look a lot better side. And so instantly we're all turning to each other in the stands and saying, well, why why weren't the, those two in the lineup from the very start? But, you know, Klopp explained later that the, with the pair of them, there'd been issues through the weekend. They didn't trust them to play the 90 minutes, unfortunately. What is holding Mo Salah back from exploding so far this season, do you think? I just think the understanding's obviously different, isn't it? I mean, you know, you talk about Liverpool's front three for the last however many years, and it was there was a real understanding there. You know, you could throw a blanket over them at times in terms of how close they were to each other, um, in terms of how they played and how they linked up and things like that. You got Diaz, who's still relatively new to the side. Uh, absolutely superb goal last night, by the way. You got Nunes, who's you know that's his home debut for him last night. So you know Salah's playing with different players all of a sudden. I think it's probably as simple as that. I don't I don't feel like there's a huge issue there. If you're looking at his touch or the way he's taking players on at times, you know he's he's there and he looks on it and he looks fit. He looks ready. He's, he signed his new contract, of course. I just think the dynamics of the side have changed a little bit at the moment. Not helped as well by the midfield situation. You know, the midfield is not the, the Liverpool's first choice midfield. It, ha- it helps massively when Thiago's in the side. Unfortunately, you know, you look at his track record, it always seems to be that he plays 50 to 60% of a, of a season rather than the whole season. We're seeing that again. He's obviously out with an injury again. Uh, but when he returns, I think you see a bit of a sea change again in how Liverpool play, how they link up, how many times you're getting the likes of Salah on the ball. But yeah, I think positionally they're just all struggling a little bit with with the new the new personnel, the new system, and and of course missing players as well. So it's just when I said before, it's just not clicking. It's just not fluid at the moment for me. It's a bit of a struggle. But what I would say is, 
you're not seeing any issue there with attitude. You know, there's no there's no hangover or anything like that, which I'm sure people will be writing about uh, from last season. I don't think it's that. You saw the spirit last night at 10 men. We were absolutely brilliant with 10 men. And, and, and one of the things that I would question is, why weren't we that good with 11 men? I, I, the hangover question was actually, I was coming to that next. I, um, it's It's such a weird, unquantifiable, intangible thing to talk about. Like, a team suffers a great disappointment like you do in the Champions League final. It's not that the spirit is affected next year. Just like it just takes a little bit to get the belief back. Or or maybe it's like your heart is broken and you have to climb from the very bottom of the mountain all the way back up to the top again. And that just takes a little while for everybody to remember or to tap into what it was that got them there in the first place. So I I, I get the point you're making that it doesn't look like there's a physical hangover. But sometimes it's just a little bit of a, a mental, Ugh, I have to do this work again. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know, and one thing I would say about the, the the vast majority of this group that we've still got playing for Liverpool is they've experienced that, of course. I mean, you know, missed out on the league title by a point last season. Uh, they've obviously done that once before when they got the 97 points. Uh, they've been beaten in a Champions League final before as well. And on, on those occasions, they bounced back and won in you know straight away the following season and so I, when i said before that I, I, you know we we expected as fans to see the same that's why really and you know you look at the i still call it the charity shield i'm sticking with it if, if you look at the charity shield um, performance and I'm, I'm beating man city there i think we all still felt the same way we were like right we're ready for the season let's go Fulham was then disappointing, of course. Last night was disappointing, of course. And and you could be right. There could be a little bit of a mental funk around the whole situation about how it ended because to end with the two cups was brilliant still. And, you know, like I will always champion silverware because you look at little kids' faces uh, in that parade and, you know, they weren't turning to each other and say, oh, these aren't the right cups. They just see cups and they see it wrapped in in Liverpool red and, and, and it's absolutely brilliant to see. But... I think, you know, of course, the actual players, the manager, they would, they would have wanted the Champions League, they would have wanted the Premier League and to come so close in both will have affected the mindset a little bit, I'm sure. It just needs to click for me. And, you know, Sadio Mane is a miss. There's no two ways about that. I think, you know, he, he scored more goals against Crystal Palace than anyone uh, during his time at Liverpool. So, you know, I'm sure Palace were glad that he wasn't on the pitch. And he was the type of player for me that when things aren't quite right... His sheer will sometimes could drag you through. He, he, he would score a goal from nowhere and off you would go. And um, We got that a little bit, I thought, last night from Diaz, of course, with that absolutely brilliant goal where he's taken five or six of them out of the equation and then putting it in the corner. I think there's more to come from him. There's been a bit of a debate about can he finish, can he score enough goals and that kind of thing. Well, I think he's partly answered that last night with that goal, um, and, and I think we can expect more from him. I think he looks absolutely brilliant, and we're only going to—he's going to—he's going to keep on going up uh, trajectory-wise, and I think we'll get more goals from him, and that will be a big, big help. It does feel like it was a much better performance from Liverpool without the yeah. goal scoring. So it's not like they—they're playing really badly. I think they didn't play very well against Fulham, in—in in all honesty. But yeah, actually, they played much better last night and just didn't score. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, it was utterly dominant in the in the first half. And you look at, even when you look back at the statistics from the game, I think there's like 24 shots from Liverpool and 10 of them were blocked. So that sort of tells you, you know, the, the type of performance it was from Palace as well. There was a lot of last-ditch stuff, legs and bodies and stuff getting in the way of shots. Equally, though, you know, Liverpool's finishing wasn't quite what it should be. Nunes before he sent off should have scored. 
Um, Salah probably looks at one and says he should have scored. Carvalho had one as well when he came on. He should have scored. So there was plenty of chances there, really. I mean, I'm sure Palace will say the same as well. Of course, they hit the post. Um, but, you know, that breakaway goal in the first half, they hadn't been in our half. That was their first shot. I mean, and it was a well-executed goal. Um, you know, Eze, I think it is, does brilliant, doesn't he? Plays the ball through, um, and then Zahar's away, and there's no, there's no way, you know, Nat Phillips is winning a foot race with Zahar. He's away, he's timed the offside trap brilliantly, and it's a great finish right into the corner. But it, it did feel a real sucker punch, that, and it was, you know, you stood there thinking, is this one of those nights? And it kind of was, but, you know, to at least get a point, I think that sort of saves the confidence a little bit, albeit that draws are no use to us, really. We all know that. we've I mentioned before two titles that we've came, or two title races where we've come so close. When you came, when you started to analyse it again at the end of the season, you did, of course, look at draws and say, well, we should have won there. We should have been beaten Brentford, whatever it might have been. Um, and, and we don't want that situation to develop again. So for me now, it's an absolute must win to go to Old Trafford and win, get a bit of momentum going. Uh, we've got Bournemouth, Newcastle and Everton, I think it is after that. All games, I would say, are winnable. I know there's going to be plenty of talk about it being Man United. There'll be plenty of talk about it being Everton as well, like there always is, because those are emotional games. But, you know, I would back Liverpool 100% to be able to get on a run, uh, put this behind them and get the season going in earnest now. Are there any concerns about the depth of the squad when the injuries have hit as early as this? And, like, we don't know what Harvey Elliott's going to be just yet. Mm. And James Miller's obviously at the end of his career. I, I'm, I'm one of Miller's biggest fans, so, like, uh, I totally understand why he's in the team. He's totally reliable, and you know exactly what you're going to get. But if you're comparing the squad with City, for example, they have players who probably are... Um, at their peak as opposed to either coming to a peak or bubbling up or over over their, their peak at this stage. Is there any concerns around the midfield squad depth at the moment? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think in the summer, you know, there's obviously been a lot of debate. I think Liverpool were, were linked with players as well, which seems to have got a little bit forgotten in the debate. Um, you know, they, they, they did seem to be in for, um, I'm going to embarrass myself trying to pronounce his name, but... Chiwameni, are we calling them? I'm, I'm really bad at pronunciation. But the lad who, the lad who, the, the French lad who goes to Real Madrid, Liverpool was strongly linked with him. It, it did seem like they went in for him, and he simply chose Madrid over Liverpool. Um, I think what you've got, to do, I, I, yeah, I think there was players Liverpool wanted out. If, if I'm being honest with you, so I, I think they were looking to sell or move on. Uh, Chamberlain. I think I think there was there was even talk of Kaita going at one point as well. And I think both of those players, if Liverpool had been able to shift them on. I think you maybe would have seen someone come in. Um, obviously, now with the injuries, it's easy enough to say, well, they definitely should have brought someone else in. But we've seen already with the process, with this with this management, with these owners, with this coaching team, that they don't sort of settle for second best. They don't do the panic buying. They'll, they'll have a target. If they don't get the target, they'll keep the powder dry and they'll go for someone they really want, they, they, someone they think really improves the team. But I think I think the concerns over the midfield are, are absolutely fair enough. Thiago is absolutely world class for me, um, but you know injury wise, he does have a record which, like I said before, suggests that he will often only play fifty or sixty percent of a season. Milner, Milner, you mentioned um, incredible fitness levels, but he's thirty six years old, and you don't expect him to be starting week in week out. Henderson, I think you know also in his thirties now, some question marks around him about what. What's his level on a regular basis now as well? And then Kaita, you know, Kaita's fit, apparently. He was on the bench last night. 
So I would look at that and say, well, why is he why is he not forced the manager's hand? Why is he not in the side last night? Is there a fitness issue or is it simply that he's not playing well enough? He's been someone for me. There's a huge debate around him. There always is. But he's still one that's flattered to, flattered to deceive at Liverpool for me. Uh, you know, he came with the big price tag, the big reputation, and he's not done it regularly enough. And he's in his, I think he's in his last year now at Liverpool. So if there's any time to pull his finger out, it should be now. You mentioned Elliot. I thought he was great last night. Um, I thought he was really impressive. I thought he was really impressive last season before the injury at Leeds United. Um, and, and you know, the, lad, the lad's got a big future in the game and that's why they've, they've recently given him a new contract. But what I would say when you were comparing sides is there's, there's a lot of injuries. I mentioned before, there was 10 players unavailable last night for one reason or another. And I just think any squad where you get that rash of injuries in one go, it will affect what you're seeing ultimately. Um, and I think when when players are returning, when players are a bit fitter, hopefully Liverpool will be okay. But yeah, I was I was bang I was one of the ones that was banging the drum to say we should be in for someone. Conversations with my friends, I was saying I do think we should be looking to upgrade in midfield. I think Liverpool tried, but I don't think they could get who they wanted this summer, unfortunately. Was it Darwin Nunes red card a bit of a red flag by any chance? I don't know. I mean, he's only been sent off once before in his career, hasn't he? Um, mm. So, and he didn't get sent off at all uh, at Benfica. So, you would say, I would say no. I think he was getting wound up. He was getting frustrated. I think you could see that on the pitch on the night in terms of his performance. Uh, there's a couple of chances there, including the one where he's at the woodwork, where you think, well, you probably should have scored. Um, I, th- I think I remember seeing his arms flapping a little bit when when Palace scored, uh, which again said something about his mindset. And then I think he was a bit naive. I, I think most people would agree he was naive in that he allowed himself to get wound up. Uh, he gets a little push in the back. He'd, he'd already had a little sort of backwards header butt at the at the player earlier on before the incident that he actually gets sent off for. So it did look like ultimately his head had, had gone a little bit. I do think in general, like although he's, you know, he's influenced games, he's scored goals, he's assisted a goal, all the rest of it. I do think he's looked a bit nervous um, so far. And that's understandable. I mean, you know, all players are different, all people are different. And I think he's got he's gone from being, you know, at Benfica, settled in a system, scoring goals, everyone raving about him, to now being in a at a very different level in a different dressing room. He looks to me like someone who's desperate to impress, de- desperate to get the adulation and show that he was worth his price tag on all of those things. So, you know, Klopp talked about, didn't he, he wants to have a sit down with him. He was he was leaving it last night, but he's going to sit down with him from now on in. And, and maybe some of that talk is about like, you know, you just need to you need to calm down a little bit here. You need to get your head right. Um, I don't know whether it's a red flag in terms of that kind of thing happening again. Um, we do, you know, it's a bit of a stereotype, isn't it? But we do like the sort of Uruguayan spirit in general. And we talk about, you know, when we watch their national sides about they get stuck in, they're a little bit aggressive. They combine that aggression with skill and we love a bit of it. And obviously we had Suarez at Liverpool and that was one of the attributes we loved about him as Liverpool fans. So it, it's just it's just containing that and getting them to use that in the right way. I don't think you want to, you, I don't think you ever want to take that type of thing totally out of someone's game. Because oh. I think it, personally it, it adds to someone's game. I can remember similar conversations about Wayne Rooney going way back when and I can remember Ferguson saying he didn't want to take that out of his game because that aggression wins you the ball, wins your headers, puts you in places where if you didn't have it, you might not be. So it, it, for me, it's not too much a concern. It was daft. It was very daft. It was very stupid. I've got no complaints whatsoever. It's a definite red card. Um, and yet he just fell into the trap from the defender there and he hopefully learned from it. 
it is obviously that 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 sort of that fire in in Darwin Nunes is obviously something that Klopp's going to channel into something positive as the season goes on. There's no doubt about it. But I was just thinking when it did happen, I was like, when was the last time? a player for Jurgen Klopp did get sent off for such a moment. Like, obviously, there's been a, a couple of challenges here and there, a second yellow, professional foul, whatever it may be. But, but for something so daft, it felt like a very un-Liverpool uh, under Klopp moment, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. It's the first one for violent conduct under Klopp's reign. Is it? Um, Literally yeah, the first one? It, wow. Yeah, for violent conduct. Um, and it's the first red card, I think, since Alisson um, against Brighton. I think I'm right in saying Andy Robertson. Yeah, I think in the two all with Spurs was the, yeah, the, the only one since then. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're spot on. I was thinking about Anfield, but um, yeah, the um, you, you're right to say that in general, Liverpool have always stayed the right the right side of the line under Klopp, and, and I think he's been big on that. I can remember a question a long time ago from a journalist where they talked about ag- aggression and they talked about getting stuck in in games and things like that. And he said then, early doors, that, you know, while he wants them to run themselves into the ground and show their aggression that way in terms of the press, and he wasn't a manager that was encouraging darker arts of the game, as we always call it. So, yeah, I, I would 100% say he's sitting down with him, he's having a big chat with him, he's saying, this isn't what we want, this isn't what we do. And there's been very few problem childs, full stop, at Liverpool since Klopp's been here. He, he doesn't seem to stand for it. It isn't something he wants. You look at... You go back to Mamadou Sakhu, um, you know, and his, the situation with him, he played up a little bit. Very soon he was out the door. Um, and then, you know, since then, he, he, I, I think it's in the recruitment. Um, you know, I, I don't want to repeat what he said just in case I'm not allowed to, but if you saw what Ryan Lowe said about his recruitment policy at Preston North End, he, he doesn't recruit certain types of people, shall we say. Um, and I think Jürgen Klopp's got a similar policy. So and any any signs of of doing something outside the box, something a bit different, something he doesn't want, I'm sure he'd be nipping that in the bud straight away. I think it's the same as the All Blacks, is it? No dickheads. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question from one of our YouTube commenters, Powell74. Is it a bigger game for United or Liverpool next week? Liverpool win and Manchester United are bottom after three games. But if Manchester United win, then Liverpool Go will be below the worst Man United team in 50 years. <laughs> That's a very football fan thing to say, isn't it? And I, to- I-, I totally get it. I totally get it. I mean, you know, look, Man United, it- it's been awful for them, hasn't it? It's an awful start to the season. Questions about absolutely everything once again. And we all know that, you know, beating Liverpool would be a huge stick and plaster over all of that. That would get them some huge credits in the bank. So, you know, Liverpool have got to watch themselves in terms of that. But I would just say, it's it- you know, it's the same set of players. Um, it's a different manager, but largely the same set of players. And, you know, if the injuries clear up a little bit, I would be confident that we can go there and get a result. Perhaps not the result we got last season, uh, which will still rank as one of the best things I've ever seen on a football pitch. But um, I would still be confident of us going there. And and look, it's huge for both sides, I would say. You know, I'm not one normally to jump on the tabloidies bandwagon and start saying, well, season over after two games or whatever. But I said right at the top to you that, you know, dropping four points at this stage when you when you've lost two titles by a point you know that is big and and we do know that you know city can be almost flawless in a season will will clock up ridiculous numbers i've obviously spent a lot of money on a front man themselves who you know no doubt he will click and and you could perhaps say he hasn't quite yet but you know it's in the post so that is a quite a scary thought and it it does make the game huge uh, for both sides so it's hard to say who it's bigger for I mean, you know, the, the Liverpool are in crisis line 
would be absolutely everywhere if Liverpool go to Old Trafford and lose three games in, only two points on the board. Um, I think Liverpool know that that's not acceptable and that's not what they'll be after. And I, I think Klopp will get them in the right place. He's been really good, I think, in general, last few years of, of sort of taking all the emotion out of situations like this. And I'm sure he'll do that again. Whereas, you know, the likes of us and fans who go to game and all the rest of it, we'll all ramp it up and we'll all argue with each other on social media. But I'm sure behind the scenes, they'll remain calm and they'll they'll prepare in the normal way. And the normal way is a way that's, you know, brought back 90-odd point seasons three times out of four in the last four seasons. So, you know, Liverpool have been doing a lot right and I don't expect them to fall off a cliff anytime soon. Last question for you then. As a Liverpool fan, is this the most worried you've been about the collection of talent that City have over the years? Is, do you, are you scared more about this team being the best City team that we've seen? I, I think there's always... I've always had that about them because, you know, the, the, the resources they've got, the manager they've got, you know, I'd love... As much as it's, it's almost horrible to say, but I'd, I'd love a season where... De Bruyne isn't there week in, week out. I wouldn't wish injury on anyone, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's annoying how good he is and how consistent he is and how he drives that side on season after season. And it's even more annoying that he's a Liverpool fan. So, um, yeah, the, you look at the lineup, you look at their, their best team, and of course, you, you, you're worried about it and you, you, you're worried about their consistency and you're worried about the how much teams in this league can lay a glove on them at times. Um, but, you know, the, the, there's always been little chinks in the armour and, you know, for all that were four points behind already, we were 14 behind at one point last season and then we took it to the wire. So, you know, nothing's done, is it? And nothing's set in stone and the stuff that... There are still random aspects about football that I think keep us all interested. So, you know, had Liverpool not been as good as they'd been, City would have been running away with the title every year. Yeah, Liverpool have made it a competition um, and there is still a randomness Liverpool are experiencing randomness right now in terms of injuries, who gets the injuries, when they stack up, the, the time of the season that you play other sides and where they're at. You know, there is a randomness still there. So I, I don't get I look at them and I worry because I, I respect them and they're talented and they're a great they're a great football team with a great manager. But equally I always think there's a randomness randomness about seasons and all Liverpool have got to do is stay in there and make sure they're up there. And if City do slip, if there is a problem. Liverpool have got to be there ready to take advantage. Kurt, this is the first time we've had you on in a while. If anybody wants to keep up to date with your latest output, where's the best place to get you these days? Um, I guess just on Twitter at the moment. Uh, so I'm, I'm Robbo Heighton on uh, Twitter. Um, I'm no longer uh, involved with the Amphir app these days. Um, and I'm taking a little bit of time out at the moment. So I was pleased to get the invite from yourselves. Um, if anyone's out there looking for someone to talk about Liverpool, oh yeah. Um, and yeah, just keep up with me on Twitter. Anything that I will be doing, I'll be posting on there. So yeah, that's probably the best place. Well, enjoy the break. Uh, it's well earned and whatever comes next, we're all uh, very keen to see and we wish you the very best of luck with it. Thanks a million for joining us today, Gary. Cheers. Right, Cheers. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.